Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Baylor Scott & White Sports Performance Center, Athletes Made Here. The Sports Performance Center was developed with one goal in mind, to maximize human performance through movement and recovery. Their team of expert performance sports coaches and trainers will guide you to achieve your performance goals. That's the Baylor Scott & White Sports Performance Center, located at the Star in Frisco. This episode is also brought to you by Allen Dental Studio, located off Bethany drive in Allen. Their office was designed with you, the patient, in mind, which means an excellent and enjoyable experience. From cosmetics to implants, you deserve a perfect smile, and Allen Dental Studio can make that happen. Also, don't want to leave out another longtime friend of the podcast, Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. With locations in Carrollton and Dallas, Texan Senior Residential Care Homes offers an affordable, high-quality alternative to senior living. Call now at 469-400-7650. That's Texen, spelled T-E-X-S-E-N, Texen Senior Residential Care Homes. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Devin Hassan, Kedrick Johnson, Taylor Raglan, and Brian Murphy. Um, whereas we devoted Monday's podcast to breaking down the high school volleyball playoffs, uh, we are going to now talk a little bit of football because, would you know, gentlemen, it is week 11. We are down to the... Uh, this is it, final week of the regular season, so all of your uh, your district title, uh, you know, playoff, tiebreaker, chaos, it is uh, everybody is crunching their numbers and getting their point differentials in order for this week. So let's, um, yeah, let's just kind of devote the podcast to that very subject. Um, so we're going to break down, I guess, go district by district, talk about, I guess, what is at stake as far as which district championships are still up for grabs, which teams are playing for their playoff livelihood, which teams could be, you know, playing for a spot in the D1 bracket versus the D2 bracket. All sorts of hijinks on the uh, on the horizon heading into uh, to Thursday and Friday. So let's start. Um, you know what? We'll start at the five A level because if there's been one game this season that this podcast has made me <laughs> more excited for than anything, I'm not even going to be at this game. But I'm just fascinated to see how it goes. It is over in District Seven Five A Division One, the uh, the district championship, which I think since August, you know, you guys have been alluding to the fact that it could very well come down to the finale between McKinney North and Mesquite Poteet. And wouldn't you know? We're here, guys. McKinney North is uh, is five and zero, undefeated in first place. Uh, Poteet did um they did get tripped up in that weird game against West Mesquite a couple weeks ago, but they did bounce back against John Tyler last week. So the district title is still very much in the picture for the Pirates. They are four and one in second place. And then you look elsewhere in the district because obviously still much more than just that matchup. Um, you know, for Friday uh, you have John Tyler in third place at three and two, and then you have a three way tie for fourth place. We can get to that because oh boy, that uh, that West Mesquite Sherman result certainly raised an eyebrow, Devin. Uh, you have West Mesquite, Sherman, and Texas High all tied at two and three. Um, and wouldn't you know, two of those teams play on Friday. So, um, all right. So let's first off, though, let's get the big one out of the way. So uh, McKinney North and Mesquite Poteet, the winner gets the district championship. Um, technically, if Poteet wins, then they can be co-district champions. But you know, <laughs> is it? Really? Yeah, you know. <laughs> North wants that shirt. It's a full district, so they. they yeah, yeah. You want it outright if you're McKinney North. Um, that never happened in program history. Um, see, and also. 
obviously this is for uh, just for seeding purposes. Though the winner of Poteet wins, then they get the top seed heading into the playoffs. North would be the number two seed. So we've been building this one for a while, guys. So I'm just going to turn the floor over to y'all and uh, yeah, just talk a bit about how you guys are feeling about your respective squads heading into this matchup. Well, I'll start off with Oh Johnson Domus told y'all back in August. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a new name, by the way. <laughs> what do we come up with Friday night? Murph Stradamus. <laughs> After we call Plano West over Plano East. <laughs> yeah. I've been having my eye on this game since as my match since August. But a uh, key thing, and Devin can allude to this, is the way the bracket is. If you want, if you go against a a, a Frisco Lone Star or you go against a Highland Park, you want that one shot deal. You don't want to have to see both of them in the same sentiment. So that's how big a deal it is on who wins that game. They can legitimately make a run and go three or four deep and get some playoff success. Wouldn't it be safe to say whoever wins has a legit chance? Yeah, I mean, I, I think both teams are capable. I mean, I think McKinney North with that offense is capable of beating anybody, right. e- even a Lone Star, even a Highland Park, just because yeah, but they, can score, just to compete. They, they can score at a ridiculous rate. Um, you know, Poteet's a little bit different animal mm-hmm. uh, in terms of they don't have the firepower and uh, they're not going to average 50 points a game, and especially they've been without Seth McGowan, their star running back, um, you know, for the last two games. Um, you saw the impact that had against, when, against West Mesquite when they really just shot themselves in the foot time and time again. You know, they committed 15 penalties and they just happened at the worst. They'd have third and one and they'd have a false start. Or they would, they would have a 25 yard, you, you get downfield and they get called for holding. Mm-hmm. It was just at the most inopportune times. And so you kind of thought, wait, well, maybe they're turning downward a bit. And then they go on the road to Tyler last week and beat John Tyler 37 to 14, again without Seth McGowan. Um, but the defense did the job. Um, you know Xavier Jeans, the backup, rushed for over two. Where did yards. he come from? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he, I mean, he's been solid all year long. Yeah. He just gets overshadowed because he's not yeah. getting twenty-five carries a game. He's getting eight to ten carries a game because Seth, Seth McGowan's there. Yeah. Um, and he's a smaller guy, but he runs tough. He runs hard, and um, mm-hmm. obviously he showed what he could do last week. So it, it really kind of depends. I, again, it's it's really hard for me to peg because if they get into a shootout with McKinney North, they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. But if that defense can play the way that they played in certain games, they held Tyler Lee to 14 points in a, in a, in a game early, their last non-district game. Um, again, holding John Tyler to 14 last week. Um, Katon Crawford, who ran all over uh, yes McKinney and no. North. Yes and no. First half, he had 280. Did he go over 300 or not? <laughs> yeah. Did he go over, over 300 yards of the ground? He ran all over. But, yeah. but he had a 20-yard half, though. Uh, yeah, they had to th- throw in the second half. Anyway, yeah. but um, but Poteet held him in check last week, to, you know, under 100, 100 yards. So, you know, if they can get that kind of defensive effort to slow the game down, establish the ground game, chew up clock, mm-hmm. and keep McKinney North's offense off the field as much as possible, because yeah. I don't think they can stop him. But they just got to keep him off the field as much as possible. Yep. You know, keep that game in the 30s. I know that sounds ridiculous in this day, but in this day and age, that's what you need to do. Um, then I think Poteet can win that game. If they get into a shootout, they can't. Keep, they don't have the firepower to keep that. I'm, I'm telling you now, if they beat if they beat McKinney North, they will have to score over 40 points. Because to beat McKinney North, you're going to score have to score 40 points just to compete. We'll see. That's why I said they're going to keep better 40. Because <laughs> um, just I know, like y'all numbers guys, Dylan Markowitz is leading in Class 5A. 3,050 yards, 34 tubs to three picks. 
His top receiver, J.J. Henry, has 1,075 yards. And they have the area's leading, 5A leading rusher, Manny Fitcher, 1,462 mm. yards. That's what the numbers say. Yeah, they're I can't loaded. wait for Lone Star to rock them in the. <laughs> 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 they're they're gonna put up points regardless of who they play. Uh, they're gonna do what they do, as they like to say. Uh, do we know? Like, where are we at on Seth McGowan? Like, do you can you say or do you know? I mean, is it are they being tight-lipped on that one? Or yeah, they're they're, yeah. they're being they're keeping it under wraps. I yeah. mean, you know, obviously he was on the sideline two weeks ago. You know, was he's not winning any crunches mm-hmm. or anything like that, but. Um, yeah, they're being pretty tight-lipped about it. With what Gene showed last week, I mean, that's obviously very encouraging. But, I mean, do they kind of need Seth McGowan if they're going to pull this off? Or uh, I mean, everybody needs their yeah. five-star. Yeah. I mean, when you want your best, you got to have your best player. Uh, when it counts. I mean, if, if he's not able to it play, though, where does your where does your level of I don't know. I haven't seen your pick for this game, so I don't know where you're leaning technically. But if he doesn't play, though, I mean, how does I mean how does that kind of alter the uh, the mathematics of this of this game? Well, you know, again, I think it I think it comes out of their defense. Yeah. Uh, uh, like I said before, I think they can move the ball because if there's one thing, McKinney North can score at will, but they don't do a real good job slowing people down either. They get so, better though. They improve it. Yeah, I know. Um, so <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that I think the Poteet defense is the key to this game, and, and like I, I mentioned before. So you know, even without Seth McGowan, I think Poteet has a very good chance. Yeah. I, I like their their coaching staff is. What they did last week against John Tyler was really mm-hmm. impressive, especially since I saw the game against West Mesquite where they just they didn't look good in that game at all. Yeah. But to respond to performance on the road against John Tyler, uh, if they can build off that, I think this I think it's gonna be a close game. Well, for the fourth seed, who's <laughs> getting that, Devin? You've got uh, West Mesquite, Sherman, and Texas I tied at two and three. Sherman just laid the waste to West Mesquite. I'm not sure what happened there, especially if coming off that win over Poteet. Yeah. Brangles were riding high, and um, now all of a sudden, I mean, hey, although if you're just gonna like, look at what's uh, you know what is at stake. I mean, West Mesquite plays Texas High, so those two teams are tied in the standings. So that's an easy way to solve that part. And then Sherman plays John Tyler. So you would think if form holds, then uh, you know. West and I'll talk Texarkana actually get in. Yeah. Is that Texarkana? <clears throat> yes, I think so. But yeah, you know, it's it's you know Sherman kind of came out of nowhere scoring. Fit. I mean, they just. Oh, yeah. We were getting updates. I was watching it on because you know they we can watch the. I was at Memorial, but you can watch the game at Handy. Yeah. And every time I look up, Sherman's in the end zone. Was it? Was it? Was it? Was, was it? Was Sherman? No, it was, it was in Mesquite. It was Handy. Handy. It was Handy. Um, but I mean, they just uh, you know their offense was just cranking. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because uh, if John Tyler beats Sherman, then West Mesquite Texas High is a de facto playoff. Game. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins that game is in it's the four seed. If Sherman beats John Tyler, then you have all sorts of tiebreaker things that come into play mm. uh, West Mesquite would be out regardless because of that game against Sherman so skewed their point differential yeah. that, that, that they're out can't be losing by 29 points <laughs> <laughs> yeah if, 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 if Texas High is involved in that three way I mean again John Tyler's in no matter what because they have the point differential advantage uh, if it's Texas High and Sherman uh, then Sherman would have to beat John Tyler by 11 points or more to get that spot obviously those aren't teams that concern us yeah. but just for the sake of people knowing how that situation works out so West Mesquite's got to basically win that game against Texas High and hope that John Tyler is able to take care of Sherman. Mm-hmm. And um, to go back to Poteet and McKinney North, two reasons why North will win. Well, three. They're the better team. I mean, this is. might be named Game of the Week, Kenner, <laughs> so maybe we should save this for later in the week. <laughs> we don't want to burn all of our uh, all of our energy on it now, and it might be named Game of the Week later on on Wednesday. <laughs> Um, all right, so we can talk. Uh, all right, let's shift gears. Talk. Um, we'll save the seven five A Division two headache for uh, for a few minutes. Let's quickly talk some five five A Division one. Um, so far, what we know, um, Lone Stars locked in as the number one seed, six and zero, first place. Just. 
kicking the crap out of everybody. You have a second place tie right now between Independence and the Colony, but in the wake of last week's double overtime thriller, the Knights have the head-to-head -head over the Colonies, so they're in position to get the number two seat if they can take care of business on Friday. Um, and then you have, for uh, in fourth place, a tie between Wakeland and Frisco Heritage at three and three. Wakeland has the head-to-head -head on Heritage there. And then, um, I guess, our, our little woman Centennial mathematically still alive, Brian, right? Because they're two and four, tied for sixth place. Um, but if you look at the schedule, you don't get any uh, any matchups between those teams ranked in the top four. It's literally those top four teams against those bottom four teams. Yeah, and if you look at it, Centennial plays Independence, not yeah. favorable for the Titans, and Little and plays the Colony, also not favorable. Uh, for the Lobos. So yeah, we're looking at a Lone yeah. Star Independence the Colony. I don't see any of these games no. that look favorable for either of those there, bottom four. There's like a very, very, very slim chance that it's not one of those four mm -hmm. teams making the playoffs. So, I mean, Independence, I, they were down 21-7 to seven in that yeah. game, and it was just one heck of a game. And they, they scored coming out of the out of the half, which was huge, because uh, the Colony was just dominating um, pretty much the entire first half. And the Independence just never went away. Mm -hmm. They just never went away, and they, they took away Kion Wafer, which is interesting because he's got 17 touchdowns on the year, and him and that Braylon Braxton connection has been you know the main reason to their success. But you know the running game was big with Dwayne Orr, and then Zylil McMillan, one of the coolest names uh, out of any team I cover. I mean, he just had the game of his life. Mm -hmm. You know, three touchdowns, and I don't know if it was because you know Christian Gonzalez was too focused on Kion Wafer. Wafer, and it kind of opened up some of the some of the the field for. Uh, uh, McMillan, Elijah Arroyo, they're tied in. He also had a big game. He had a one-handed catch. I saw one of the uh, independence coaches uh, tweet out of the video of it. Um, I forgot what it said, but something about we only have you know only one-handed catches for Arroyo or something like that. I forgot what it said. <laughs> and I did I didn't even notice it during the yeah. game, but you know when I, when I saw the the clip on Twitter, it was pretty cool. He had a big game also. He had a touchdown, but yeah, that was such a wild game. You know, going the double overtime, the first two, uh, you know, the Colony scores in four plays in overtime. Independent scores in four plays in the first overtime. They both get the extra points blocked, so it goes to the second <laughs> overtime. And uh, Rudy Rangel told me after the game, so Independence, they got the ball to start the second overtime. They scored, um, and, and they they they, they kicked the extra point, and then Rudy told me that they were going to go for two. Well, Mike Arrington throws an interception in the back of the end zone, wins the game. How it's only fitting that you know in a game with two of the top offenses, an interception wins it. Um, just that's just how it goes, man. But I, the Colony's going to be fine. You know, that yeah. Rangel told me they'll they'll be just fine. You know, when you have those guys, you'll you'll be okay heading into the playoffs. And Independence, man, that that was that's up there, man. Biggest win in, in program history. That's that's got to be close to number one on the short list for sure man yeah, yeah they kind of threw us off the center for a couple of weeks with the uh, with the up and down showings against wakeland and little elm and yeah. well they beat wakeland pretty good i mean well they they were in control they only won by 10 but they were in control yeah. that entire game that's a good win mm -hmm. uh, against wakeland but you know last week you know struggling to barely beat little elm by four it's like what's what is this team and because uh, remember i wrote that column a month ago talking about how independence was the <laughs> second best team better than the colony and then the colony over the last couple of weeks, you know, them almost beating Lone Star and then beating mm -hmm. the mess out of Wakeland. It's like, well, yeah, talk me into taking the colony in the picket line last week. I mean, hey, <laughs> we all bought in. We all bought we in. We all picked the colony. Yeah. And they, they were in full control, like I said, but just yeah. independence just mm -hmm. stuck around. They made the plays, you know, when they had to. And then double overtime. I mean, I'm not mad at it. No, yeah. I'm, Sounds you know, like a great game. Yeah. 7 5 A Division 2. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be fine. It's yeah, gonna be fine. Yeah. All right. I, I like how it's clear cut with the yeah. matchups this week. Yeah. You know, Brazil yeah. Denison, Lovejoy yeah. Frisco. It's there's perfect. not gonna be any crazy ties because no. the fourth seed 
Reedy's probably going to be Princeton, mm. which would put them at what five and three to finish. Five and three. Denison is um, five and three now. No, five and two. Yeah. So if they end up tied, Denison has Braswell. That's pretty simple for the four seed. Right. Denison loses and and Reedy wins, they're the number four seed. So to um yeah, so to kind of set the stage for what that district looks like right now, we do know that Frisco, Braswell, and Lovejoy are all in the playoffs. Yep. Now the seeding can still change. Um, they are all tied at six and one right now for uh, for first place. So the district championship is um yeah, we could have we could have you two teams vying for this. Any any three of those teams could be the district champion. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. And two of them, and two of them play on Friday. Right. So you have those three in first place. You have Denison, who we just mentioned. They are in fourth place at five and two, one game ahead of Reedy at uh, at four and three. The two matchups to note for this week: Lovejoy versus Frisco. As we just mentioned they're tied for first place. So the winner of that game is is a district champion. Unless Braswell wins. I mean, yeah. they're co or whatever. So that's you know. Because if if Lovejoy beats Frisco and Braswell beats Denison, Braswell right. has the head the winner gets a share. So least, yeah. The winner gets a share. Yeah. But if Frisco wins, they're the outright yeah mm-hmm. district champs. Yeah. And then Braswell and Denison play as well. So um, I don't know, guys. How do you foresee this one shaking out when all said and done? Who do we foresee being the four, the four I, playoff teams? The, fir- the first thing I'll say is that I'm taking Lovejoy this week, and I think that we've one underrated them. They've had some weird. It's kind of like Independence. <laughs> That Lake Dallas game looks terrible. The Colville Heritage game to open the season looked terrible. They've had some weird results, but one, they found a way to win, and two, against kind of this upper tier, you know, they, they found a way to beat Reedy, um, which that was another weird game, but resilience there. That Braswell game was, it's kind of like calling it independence. What yeah. are you gonna do? It was triple overtime, 59-51. And Braswell also is ranked much higher in my head right now than, than originally. I mean, that's a really good football team. Um, so I, I, I think Lovejoy's rolling. I think that they've kind of, if it's possible to be a postseason team locked in now and be under the radar, um, I think they are. You know, Frisco's had some head scratchers too um, with Denison and, and a couple other programs. So, you know, it, it could go either way. Frisco's so good. All three of those teams that are in are a coin flip, a score within each other probably. Um, but I just, I think I like the way Lovejoy's been going right now. Um, and we'll see. But yeah, I, I I took Lovejoy. I mean, I'll, I'll say that now, but... I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if any of these scenarios play out. Here's what I think will happen by Friday night. First goes the district champion. Denison loses to Braswell, and Reedy's in because they beat Princeton. Mm-hmm. So I, you would I, have what? Frisco, Braswell, Lovejoy, Reedy? Reedy, yeah. I wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Literally nothing would shock me beyond, like, I don't know, just some crazy blowouts among those top three teams or something like that. Because all, like I said, the four playoff teams are all – there's going to be a, a great – you know, 5A Division Two, or at least a very solid 5A Division Two team left the out. A team with five district wins isn't going to yeah. make the playoffs. That's yeah. just not right. But I mean, it's it's how many, how many district games do they play? A million. You think they'll be piping in score updates from that Denison game and the uh, Reedy Princeton? <laughs> I mean, you have to imagine. Oh, you got to make sure not to get snuck up on them by Princeton. Shouldn't, because, but yeah. they've been competitive They're a couple game. times. Yeah. That would be that would be the ultimate uh, <laughs> way for Reedy to get yeah. booted. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I guess that uh, that settles that part of, uh, of 7-5A Division Two, And, um, yeah, that's kind of a look at where things are at, at least as far as our 3-5A districts heading into the, heading into the week 11. Um, still got plenty more over in 6A to talk about. We can do so after a quick word from the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. 
and we are back. Uh, just me, Taylor, Brian, and Devin to round out this uh, this back half of the podcast as we uh, we continue talking about some of the uh, the playoff scenarios and tiebreakers and whatnot um, at the six A level. Um, we've already talked some five A, so let's dig into six A. Let's start with the easy one. District six six A is just about set. <laughs> yep. You have Marcus in first place at six and zero. They are locked into the top seed in the Division two bracket. Um, yeah, because we're going to be getting into the whole six A Division one Division two thing now. So a little bit of you can definitely some some muddy waters to trace through there as we we'll get to later on. Um, nevertheless, though, yes, behind Marcus, um, you have Hebron at five and one uh, by virtue of Marcus having head to head over Hebron. Hebron is locked in as the low seed in um, in Division two as well. And then you have Flyermont and Louisville, both of which will go D1. They are technically tied in the standings, uh, four and two. Uh, Hebron, not, not Hebron, but uh, Flyermont does have the head to head over uh, over the uh, the Farmers in that instance. They're um they're all playing games that they should uh you know should theoretically. Yeah. Actually, no, I take that back. The Mar- Marcus and Louisville, the axe game is one where you know, you have, that's a huge, huge rivalry there. So you can never, uh, never discount theirs. The Marauders look to uh, to lock up an undefeated run through district. But nevertheless, though, Flyer Mound, because they have the head to head, they just, they just need to um, again just take care of business Thursday against Irving Mac, and they are for sure going to be the uh, the top seed in Division One for District Six Six A. So that's kind of where things are at there. Again, the Axe game, we should see what that brings. But as far as its its effect on the playoff seeding, it won't. I mean, yeah. assuming again, assuming Flyer Mound doesn't get shocked by Irving Mac. Um, so it feels like our top four there are just about set in stone. All right. That's Drama out of the way. <laughs> That's out of the way. Wish I could say the same about these other three districts. Um, all right. So let's talk some District 9-6A. Because um, after Friday, man, whew, things got real on Friday. <laughs> you had, um, well, you had Allen, you know, locking up for sure. Allen, uh, you know, getting that uh, district championship. So 14 years in a row. They, uh, they laid waste to Prosper, despite being down their top two running backs and one of their top two receivers. They, uh, they beat them 35-7. to Allen is the, the top seed in Division One, as if there was any doubt. Um, they're 6-0. and They have a two-game lead on Jesuit and Prosper, who are still tied for second place because they both lost. Um, Jesuit had a chance to uh, you know to solidify its spot as the, as the number two team. Then they had that uh, weird game against McKinney, man. <laughs> E.J. Smith goes down early on, and then, uh, yeah, that was, um, that was the game that I guess officially kind Kind of just, uh, I guess, triggered this chain reaction of now all of a sudden you have you know three teams vying for the last playoff spot in the in the district. You know, Allen, Jesuit, Prosper, they're in, they're fine. Um, we still don't entirely know. I guess Allen for sure is D one, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, that's never going to change. Um, Jesuit is going to be D two. Prosper though, their standing could uh, right could fluctuate. Depending on whether Plano makes it or one of the McKinney schools make it, because you have Plano, McKinney, and McKinney Boyd. Those two McKinney schools, which had kind of been uh, just left for dead a couple weeks yeah. ago, they have uh, they have roared back to life. And wouldn't you know, McKinney has uh, after an 0-3 start in district, they are now a uh, three and three and tied with Plano. They're coming off that massive win over over Jesuit. 24 to 21, and then one game back is McKinney Boyd, another team that you saw them getting when they uh, when you know, when they lost at the wire to Plano East. It was looking like okay, that's probably church for McKinney Boyd, and then um and then they go out and they post a 28 to zero win over Plano last week, and um see so you have all three teams that are in a, in contention for that last playoff spot. Um, as far as what it means relative to Friday, uh, Plano plays Prosper, and this was a game where you know 
with what Plano showed on Friday and just how shorthanded they are right now at wide receiver and at tight end for that matter, because it wasn't just you know not having Nolan Williams and Jaden Chambers, their top two wide receivers. Their star tight end, Christian Sabatini, was also sidelined by an injury, and you know Coach McCullough told me afterwards that he does not anticipate Sabatini playing against Prosper. Now, it sounds like they're going to get Nolan Williams back, so that should help, but they're still going to be minus Chambers, still going to be minus Sabatini. I know the uh, the results from uh, from Prosper against Allen in Jesuit, you know, are probably going to throw some folks off the scent a bit. You know, they did get beat pretty decisively in both those games. Something like, what was it, like 86 to, to 21, Bad. something of mine. So, clear-cut third-best team in the district. No shame in that, because when you look at then the uh, the uh, the total score between them and the uh, the other four teams in the district, it's, I mean, it's silly. I mean, yeah. how bad they've they beat the rest of the district by. So, um, you know, if Plano was at full strength, I could maybe talk myself into it being, yeah. you know, a you know a game it's just given what given what Plano has shown, you know, in their ability to mix the pass and the run. But man, I mean, without those receivers, yeah. they just did not have anything that could stretch the field against Boyd. Yeah. And I just, again, they get Nolan Williams back, and it's going to help. But I just don't know if it's, it's going to be enough because they have the simplest and cleanest path oh, yeah. to the postseason. But that doesn't translate to easiest, obviously. Yeah. And some, the timing of the injuries is unfortunate. And the the final week opponent is, mm-hmm. is also you know pretty yeah. unfortunate. But yeah, and, and I think coming off, I mean, it's what they didn't get beat. Yeah, I mean they got blanked. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, 20, <laughs> which twenty eight nothing to a team that comes yep. in with a losing record. Yeah. I mean, you still have uh, I mean, Tyler Hines. You still have all. The yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's what I don't, something. That's what I don't understand. So coming but off, but it basically that, like so again when you don't have the again they just when they load up. Yeah, I that's mean, all they did is just yeah. load the box, and they Plano could never establish the run. And again, they just yep. so many of those guys because the beauty of Williams and Chambers and Sabatini is what they do after the catch. They're yep. just incredible playmakers once they get the ball in their hands, and there just was no downfield passing game for Plano. And again, when you when you chip off that many layers of the uh, of the depth chart eventually and it's it's going to come back to bite you not everybody's allen <laughs> yeah, well, and, and that's what i'm saying it is what yeah. it is but the, the the fact is that was just last week oh yeah they're, they're, yep. they're not gonna be at full strength again then i think that final playoff yep. birth is, is decided to mckinney it's it it sounds like that's if you're going to simply just go off of what is most most likely to happen again you know plano could uh Again, who knows? But the odds certainly don't favor. Momentum is certainly not on Plano's side, which, like, when you think of, like, all the praise that that offense had got, you know, this was, I mean, on pace to be one of their better offenses since, like, the Rex Burkhead days, yep. and then to get shut out. And granted, like, McKinney Boyd doesn't have a bad defense. Just that had been the story of their season was the offense just could never sustain drives, so Boyd's defense was getting gassed yep. out late in games. They do have a lot of talent on defense. That's why, we, you know, I was so high on them at the start of the year when you look at all of the, the talent that they have in that secondary, and the offense was finally able to string some stuff together um, you know against and it helped again that Plano wasn't the one that couldn't you know do much to sustain drives um, I mean Boyd's again if the offense is not you know he doesn't go three and out every time you know he can at least just keep the defense you know fresh then Boyd's a frisky team they're totally capable of winning this game Friday against uh, against McKinney um, but yeah it does seem like based on the recent form and again like we we do this <laughs> it's one thing like because uh, we were talking about the colony and in, uh, in independence how like recent form clearly favor the colony and then independence mm-hmm. goes out and beat them so, who knows? But like again, it's you wonder though if Plano's going to be able to write the write the ship in just a short amount of time to get Prosper. So yeah, Plano just has to win. That's again like to you know not belabor the point. Plano has the easiest path because they just need to beat Prosper and they're in because they have the head to head over McKinney. 
If they lose, though, then yes, the winner of the Crosstown Showdown, McKinney ISD, gets in. Um, all of a sudden, yes, that game now is, I mean, it's as is, is pivotal and solemn in that rivalry as we've seen in, a, in quite some time. And it does feel like late in the year that game does have playoff ramifications all of a sudden. It's just crazy how we got to this point. Yep. You know, you consider <laughs> that McKinney, uh, you know, McKinney, after losing that crazy game against Plano, one that required two days to complete because of the inclement weather, you know, they dropped to 0-3. They have that game against Plano East where you know, they very well could have lost that game if the ref throws a flag on a on a pass interference call in the end zone, and then they play a Jesuit team that felt like it was just a foregone conclusion that Jesuit was going to take care of business. Jesuit loses to the one guy they can't afford to lose in EJ Smith, and then uh, McKinney's able to just squeak out a three point win, and now all of a sudden McKinney is. I mean, they went from 0 and 5 last year to making the playoffs, and now they uh, they could very well have a, a similar late season surge if they can take care of business against uh, against Boyd, a Boyd team that again. Like after that Plano East game, what are we going to? I mean, what do we make of Boyd? You know, it's a team that showed some signs of promise early on in the year. There was a lot of uh, this influx of talent. You know, with the uh, with the arrival of Joe McBride, and now all of a sudden, yeah, who knows? Boyd might actually follow through on that yeah. promise and get into the playoffs. <laughs> well, um, we'll see. But yeah, the uh, the the stakes just went up massive for uh, for District Nine Six A. Did not appear. Felt like we had our four playoff teams decided <laughs> just a couple weeks ago, but nope, not at all. And obviously. Again, as we've been talking about all season now, the uh, the possibility of Plano ISD being collectively shut out of the playoffs, all three teams missing for the first time ever, that is very much in play, and probably, if you're just going to weigh the probabilities of it happening, yeah, it seems more likely than not that it's going to happen. Yeah. We'll see if, again, if Plano's got a, uh, a shocker in store Friday out in Prosper, but... What do y'all think the most realistic thing that happens? Obviously, Plano loses to Prosper. Yeah, I think we just go back yeah. to what we to what we said when we were, um, when District was about to start and we were making our District predictions. I think we all landed on McKinney being that last playoff team. Um, yeah, obviously it's 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 a, a, it's a weird route to get. Yeah, yeah, it was a strange roadmap, but I think I'd favor McKinney over Boyd. Um, yeah, and again, I just I don't know if Plano was healthier, I could see him being yep. prosper, but given the you know how shorthanded they are on offense, I just I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> so that's uh, that is at least what it looks like in District Nine Six A. Devin, <laughs> you ready to talk a little 10-6-A? 10-6-A. All right, how much of this is certain? Yeah, what do we know for Saxie sure? Wiley in, Saxie and Wiley are in for sure. Um, <laughs> outside of that, it, it's it's really kind of it's kind of clear cut if you think about it. You know, Saxie and Rowlett played this week, and that's been the game of the year in Garland ISD for the last several years. Yeah. It's still a huge game, but. Everybody's paying attention to Lakeview and Naaman Forest because that's <laughs> for the good game, reason. That's, that's the game that could change everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I guess for simplicity's sake, if Rylet beats Saxe, they're in. Um, if, if if that's the case, then Lakeview and Naaman Forest is for the final playoff berth. Whoever wins that game. If Saxe beats Rylet, which I believe they're favored to do, um, and Lakeview beats Naaman Forest, Rylet is still in, um, and they Saxe and Rylet go Division One. Um, you know. Wiley Lakeview Division Two. Mm-hmm. If Naaman Forrest is able to beat Lakeview <laughs> and Saxe beats Rowlett, yes. that's that's when it creates a three-way tie. Well, we've talked all season long about Rowlett, the cardiac kids, and their one-point and two-point wins. Well, the, those don't really play out yeah. well in point difference. Yes. So Rowlett is already basically eliminated on point differential. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Naaman Forrest, if they, if they lose and Naaman Forrest beats Lakeview, they're out, and Naaman Forrest and Lakeview are both in. Mm-hmm. Now. What that happens? What happens then is they both go Division Two. Everybody always assumes that Saxon and Rowlett are going Division One, but if one of those doesn't make it in, yep. all of a sudden Wiley gets bumped up 
to Division One. Well, Wiley also beat Saxe. Wiley closes with South Carlton, so they're mm-hmm. going to be yeah. six and one. So they're going to finish tied, and all of a sudden, Wiley getting bumped up bumps Saxe down to the second seed. And guess what Saxe's reward in the first round is? Allen. <laughs> yes. So Saxe goes from thinking that they're going to be the top uh. seed in Division One, most likely if they can beat Rowlett, to all of a sudden facing Allen. And the, we, we've called it the avoid Allen. Yes. Allen. <laughs> I say that. Saxe and Rowlett play, and it very well it may be if, yeah. if you know naming forces isn't able to win. But yeah, that Lakeview naming game could, could cause all sorts of chaos with every other team involved. Because mm. Wiley doesn't want to go Division One either. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter the match. They, they've been thinking they were going to go Division Two all, all season long, and so I've, and I've seen it on social media. I mean, fans of all these other people are just saying, "Yeah, we actually are rooting for Lakeview." So the entire district mm-hmm. is rooting for Lakeview. <laughs> Nothing you can name, and it's just it's going to screw with everybody yeah. else's future plans, whether it be for seeding or for a playoff berth. Oh, one thing, just to quickly just bounce back to 968, there was one thing that we didn't really talk about, but Prosper's fortunes could very well be hanging in the balance depending on the outcome of this uh, of this Plano Prosper game because all along, kind of like you know you intimated there, like the thought has been, okay, well, Prosper's going to go D2. You know, and now it's just a question of, okay, can they uh, avoid being on the same side of the bracket as Longview for the second straight year? But if Plano gets, you know, gets knocked out of the playoffs, Prosper gets bumped What's up to the D1. What's the best one. way to avoid Longview? <laughs> Don't even play in the same playoff bracket as them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a weird, uh, just a weird anecdote for this one, just because yeah, Prosper, they um, yeah, I mean they're the fifth largest school in that district. So once you get past the again, if Plano ISD is collectively out of the picture, Prosper gets bumped up all of a sudden there, and their playoff landscape could completely change. Well, and, and they were saying that Wiley and Prosper could play Division One or Division Two based on what happens. <laughs> exactly. I mean they could just mm. based on the way it matches up, and it would it would surprise me one. One bit if Naaman Forrest won that game yeah. Yeah. on Friday. I mean, you know, that district's done. They, they they have they have you know just done such a tremendous job as the season's gone mm-hmm. on. They played everybody tough. You know, they lost the Rowlett by one. They were up on Saxe at halftime. I mean, they've played with everybody. And yeah. you know, Lakeview's got the best player in the district, which Kamar Wheaton, which he showed last week against Rowlett when Rowlett just had no answers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, that's, that's going to be a good game out there on Friday night. All right, let's close out with a look at District 116A. Um, it feels like for the most part this thing is settled except for that last playoff spot. Uh, Longview undefeated. They are locked in as the as the top seed in Division Two as they begin their state championship defense. Uh, you have Rockwall, which is 5-1 and one in second place. They are locked in as the top seed in Division One, and likely looking at a, a second-round matchup with, uh, with Allen. Should be... Awesome. Uh, then you have Mesquite, which is three and two in third place. They are uh, locked in as the bottom seed in Division Two out of that district. And then it's all going to be <laughs> Mesquite Horn or Tyler Lee. Can I ask this question real quick? Does Eleven Six A have the best team and the best player in Six A? In Six A, I don't know if I can. I, I, I I don't know enough about when how North Shore has kind of recovered yeah. from the yeah. uh, from the uh, I mean, that loss you, earlier in the year. You but can make an argument, argument you can that make an argument that they had the best team. And I think for make, sure, I'll for sure say best player. Oh yeah, I mean, Jack Smith and Jigba's. Did, did, I mean, oh, yeah. if you just saw you his highlights no from just last week alone, which I mean, anytime you make number two on Sports Center's top ten, oh, yeah. but he had three other plays if you if you saw him on Twitter that could have. I mean, that were almost as good as that. It's just it's insane to watch, and they just you know Mesquite put up nearly six hundred yards and scored forty two points mm-hmm. uh, in an offense that's really not designed to score that much, and they just had no answer. I mean, yeah. Rockwall scores sixty six, but so yeah. Um, Division one is set, and it all comes down to Horn and Tyler Lee. That's kind of what we predicted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Horn with a nice bounce back. I mean, Northwest Heat, you know, is they they were gritty that the other oh, night. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's I mean, Horn. You know, had some struggles, but um, 
you know, they're able to take care of business. And, and again, it sets up a, a winner take all. They, they have to go out, they have to go to Rose Stadium mm -hmm. in Tyler. And, you know, this is a good Tyler Lee team. I mean, they, you know, they lost to Rockwall 35 to 32. And, you know, Mesquite had a rally from double digit deficit in the fourth quarter to beat them. Um, they got crushed by Longview last week, but who hasn't Longview crushed? I mean, yeah. you know, we I talked about Rockwall being unstoppable on offense. Well, Rock, with Longview beat them 49 to 3. If that puts it, you know, granted Jackson got hurt early in that mm. game, but still, that, that Rockwell's got a lot of weapons on that team. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't. So, you know, Longview uh, obviously matched, uh, is is locked into that top top spot. Uh, Waco Midway and Temple will be your Division Two representatives in in out of twelve six A. So Temple, despite probably having one loss in the regular season because they lost to Midway fifty two twenty eight last week, their reward for a nine and one season is a trip to Lobo Stadium. So uh, <laughs> yeah, good for them. Um, you know, as far as Mesquite and Rockwall's immediate future, uh, that's kind of up in the air. Um, Shoemakers in uh, Harker Heights. Uh, is in, in effect, Belton and Hark Heights are kind of battling for that final spot. Mm -hmm. Belton lost to a winless Waco team last week, which was, I don't know, kind of out there. But they're all, they're all going Division One. Um, but that means Mesquite's going to have to travel. Okay. And, you know, uh, you know, it's one thing if you're playing, you know, ten six ten six eight nine six eight, and you're having to go across town or you know one town over. You know, Mesquite's probably looking at going to. You know, Belton and Colleen in that mm. first round, which you know it's 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 a different deal, you know, yeah. especially for the first round of the playoffs. But um, you know, Mesquite in Horn, you know, it's, it's in their hands. That's all they can ask for. Where do you uh, lean right now on that one? Wow, you know, Tyler Lee's been tough all year long, but again, that's not a team that we just see on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I like the way the Horn defense played in the second half. Uh, you know, I just they're missing a couple of playmakers on offense with injuries. I don't know if they're going to be back okay. Friday or not. They just kind of seemed out of sync. On offense a lot for a lot of the day. Mm -hmm. uh, ben Wyatt had a great game. He scored four touchdowns. Um, but Parks and Rec fam. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, but Davisea Gabriel, their quarterback, he set up all those touchdown runs with long scrambles. I mean, he rushed for 160 mm -hmm. yards essentially in the first half, but he got hurt early in the third quarter and didn't play the rest of the game. And so after the game, they were like, "Well, we got to evaluate him and you know see what happens." He was walking, but it was you never know the extent until they actually get get tested. So him being available is going to make a huge difference mm -hmm. because uh, Braylon Monroe who came in, uh, in a, as a backup. He's a good athlete, good baseball player, and he just, I don't know if he has that same kind of, you know, running ability uh, as, as Gabriel. So that's going to be a huge factor uh, in terms of, of how that game goes. Okay. We'll see how it all shakes out. That's uh, Let's see. All right. That is a look at uh, Class 6A. What is at stake heading into the final week of the regular season? Obviously, plenty of exciting stuff on the docket. Um, ditto for our Game of the Week poll. It was pretty easy to pick our five marquee games of the week, and it's a, it's a heck of a poll. I mean, so, uh, yeah, make sure you swing by the website, startlocalmedia.com. Vote on which one is the biggest, and we will preview that game and some other big-time matchups on, uh, on Thursday. That'll do it, folks, for this episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Appreciate everybody for tagging along. Folks, you keep enjoying your week, and we will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. 
From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.